Welcome to DBPA, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. Hello, everyone. Today, we are talking about to pet or not to pet. That truly is the question. Truly. Uh, It has been the question of my life for some time. So uh, we're going to be talking about pets, you know, should you get one? Should Should you not? not? (laughs) What do you name it? I don't really know. I'm not. What kind of pet? So many questions. Anyways, we thought this would be a good time to talk about this because a lot of people are, you know, home and maybe they're thinking they want a companion and maybe a pet would be a good companion for you and Also, I know that like there's a lot of pets to adopt right now with what's going on. So it's just that time. So we're going to get into it. And um, Jamie, what are we drinking? Yeah. So this week I have the wine. Finally, Um, it is a 2017 Petite Syrah called Pet Name. So very appropriate for this episode. And it's a California wine. So um, grapes coming from, I think, all around California, no one specific place. So, and this is actually a, it's a wine that I got through the Bright Cellars subscription. So let's, let's see what we're going to get. Okay. Here. Yeah. I'll be drinking a Zin. So yeah. Ooh, it smells yummy. All right. Should we cheers? Yeah. Let's cheers. Okay. Ready? <laughs> okay. I've got this. Ooh, I've got this petite Syrah. It is a 2017. It's 14.6% ABV. It smells delicious. It looks delicious. It actually looks like your last wine. To me, it looks as dark, but I'm sure it's actually, in fact, darker than your Pinot Noir was last time. I think it is because the Pinot, I think, looked darker on the screen than it actually was in real life. That looks super inky. Initial impressions. Okay, initial impression. Oh, wow. All right, so this is like blackberry. It's like smells blackberry. Taste is very fruit forward, very blackberry. It's like, you know when you go to the grocery store and you buy a carton of the blackberries and you get the ones that are like super meaty, like they're not really yeah. hard, soft. That's exactly what this tastes like. Like it just tastes like I'm drinking the juice from that actual fruit. That's for sure. Number one, most, uh, most important smell and flavor. There's like a little leathery note on the nose too. Um, okay. This is pretty tannic. This is, uh, I'd say medium plus tannins. It's not like a rip your face off kind of tannin, but they're very present. Mm-hmm. I do feel like I'm picking up something that's like a little green, but I don't, let's give it a minute and just kind of see what's going on here. Okay. So this is actually a Bright Cellars made wine. It's not just that they're a wine subscription company that sells wines from other people. This is their, one of their actual wines. Uh, nice. That's how they roll there. Yep. And Bright Cellars itself was founded in 2014 by two MIT grads, and it's based here in Milwaukee. And we kind of know some people that work there. Um, yeah, we might. We might know <laughs> some. But I, I have been a member of Bright Cellars for... Two and a half years. 
So anyway, I love when they send me these really dark, deep, brooding wines, very bold and like robust in terms of what they offer, mm-hmm. uh, what I match with very well. And the, the thing is that there's like an algorithm. So when you fill out your survey, as you get wines, you rate those wines and then your, your personal algorithm changes a little bit. So when you go into your profile and you look at the wines that are you're matched with for a shipment, it will tell you like points according to you, like what they think. Oh, so this one for me is a 94 points. I've had other mm. wines that are 92 points, but say for you, it might be like 89 points or something. Oh, that is so interesting. Yes, yes. I actually, I learned that um, maybe a year or so ago because um, I thought it was just like, oh, you guys do your own point system. And I was told that, no, that's not the case. Um, and I'll oh. explain to you what I learned. Pretty delicious here. Uh, Petite Syrah. Sarah, we've talked about this for, before, right? We have. It's been a while. I, You know, it's been a while since I've had a Petite Syrah, honestly. I know yeah. we talked about it with Petite Petite True. when we drank that. Um, but we that was about the, it a little bit more recently in another red blend, but I can't remember how recent. Yeah, I think it's been a while actually. Yeah. So, so what is it about petite Syrah that makes it petite? Is it petite? We've talked about this. No, this is not a petite wine. It's definitely not for the faint of heart. <laughs> this is this is certainly one of those meteor wines, and I just mean like it's full bodied. It's it's there. It's not like you're sipping like a light juice or a spritzer or something like this is like you got a wine in your glass. So it's called Petite Syrah because it was, well, two reasons, I think. Number one, it has very tiny berries. Okay. So it's very, very petite berries. And if you look at grapes, like regular grapes for the table, they're like pretty big. I think wine grapes are typically a little bit smaller than that, than your regular Concord grapes. But then let's say you go into Petite Syrah, they're going to be like itty, itty bitty. So they're very tight clusters on the vines. So that's one of the reasons why. I think the other reason why it's off of Syrah is because it is a child of Syrah. The whole idea being that they wanted to make Syrah more resistant to powdery mildew, which is a disease that can affect grapevines. And so they were trying to figure out in France, like how you could like solve this problem because they didn't want to get rid of Syrah. But so Petite Syrah came about through a lot of experimentation and it is in fact less prone to disease, but it is more susceptible to botrytis. And we call it botrytis if it's a good thing, but we call it gray rot if it's not a good thing because of the tiny bunching of the berries. So it sort of had a little bit of a trade-off and France was like, you know what? We'll pass on you. And so Petite Syrah is really not grown in France anymore. It's in one small spot in Provence, uh, which is in the Southern area of France. California is like where it proliferated. Yeah. We're like, give me that shit. So I think common conception too, misconception, it's not a small Syrah grape. So it is definitely mm-hmm. a completely different grape. Yeah, yeah. It's um, with Pellerson. That's yep. their parent grape along with Syrah. So yeah. Yeah. So good to know. Good recap. Usually they're bolder wines, like you said. A darker tannin, lots of fruit. So it a little bit of spice. Li- uh, um, a little bit. Any? I think Syrah gets a little extra spice. This one... I suppose it could get a little sense of like a black peppercorn, like very uh-huh. minimal. But I was just going to say, I think that I'm actually getting like more leathery notes than I expected on this. 
So that's really, yeah, that is interesting. I wouldn't expect that. Yeah. A little dryness, not, not from the tannin. Uh, I got to think about what the best words are to use for that, for describing that. But at any rate, so that's petite Syrah. That's what we're drinking. That's what's going well. Yeah. That's what's going on. Yeah. That's nice. So pet name. So we're talking about pets here. We're talking about pets. We're going to kind of yeah. go through the whole kind of like, how do you decide if you're going to get a pet? What kind of pets? How do you weigh yeah. these options? And then we're going to end with pet names. Not the ones that we call our, each other, our significant others or whatever, but we're talking about like actual names for pets. Although the, the, I'm sure some of them could be interchangeable. Uh, yes, we will talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so Jamie, tell me, do you have a pet currently? I don't. I know you told me a little bit about some of your pets that you've had in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you give us a rundown, a quick rundown of what kind of pets you've had? I wanted a golden retriever for like my whole life. Uh-huh. Um, I was convinced I was going to get one, but it never happened. I actually have had a lot of gerbils. <laughs> okay. And that's pretty much it. I had a dog for six days, but I, we can get into that later. <laughs> um, but uh, she's still present. She's still around. I just, she's not ours anymore. Yeah. Um, I, that's been pretty much it. My brother has actually had though, he was like a fish guy and he actually had a mouse. Yeah. That's <laughs> real interesting. A mouse as a pet seems like, no, I'm just not, I'm not down with that. It's hard to bridge the whole like mice because they got in from the field or from outside versus like pet mouse. Like I get it. I get it. Yeah. I, I'm I surprised just, the, my mom allowed it. The rodent thing is just a problem for me, <laughs> honestly. Oh, but gerbils so. are so lovey. Well, wait a second. I'm sorry, but like you, you can't bypass one of the most famous pet mice. Ever. Ratatouille? No. Mickey, Mickey Mouse? Yeah. Well, oh. his name was Mortimer Mouse. This is legit. Yeah. Had a pet mouse, Mortimer. Yeah, there's a big difference between a large, cuddly cartoon and like an actual rodent. What have you had? Never any rodents. Okay. We had. They smell, by the way. But anyway. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure they do. We had two cockatiels when we were kids. Are those they were big? My, no. They were my brother's birds. Not a fan of birds as pets. They're dirty. I didn't like them. Uh, I really I didn't like them. Yeah, two of them. Sunny and Cher. Sunny actually oh beat Cher for real. Oh, okay. And I know these favorites. Yeah. Yeah. They were gray and yellow birds. So we had those. Those were no fun. We did have fish. And we had a dog, a Bichon, for 15 Toby. years. Toby. So he passed away a couple years ago, which was rough. So that's our pet extent of our pets. But you are also potentially going to yes. get one soon. So that's why know, we're talking about this. That's why we're talking about this. So Adam and I have been on the um, dog debate for years <laughs> and I feel like we're the bipolar dog people where we like change our mind constantly. Um, you know, but now that we're kind of in this like quarantine situation and even if things go back to normal, it's going to be a while. We thought, what better time to bring a puppy into the house when we're home more than we had expected to be. Totally true. To train it and that kind of thing. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people are feeling like that for the same reasons, as well as, you know, like you're probably more lonely. You know what I mean? You're not able to kind of do social things and dogs are great companions. So, or any 
or pets in general. Yeah. Pet ownership is actually, as of last year, at an all-time high. Uh, according to the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, or ASPCA, they found ASPCA, Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, those, I cannot watch those. 44% of all households in the U.S. have a dog, and 35% have a cat. So 79.7 million households have a pet. That's a lot. So that's a lot. So anyways, I am allergic to cats. So that takes that out. And I also, you know, like, I feel like there's a distinction between like a cat person and a dog person. Like, I don't think anyone is both. No, I disagree. Oh, okay. People can certainly have both. My sister-in-law's family has both and she grew up with both. Um, But Okay, you have and like I'm big dogs saying, too. Not like, right? I'm not saying you can't have both, but I feel like there's distinct like dog people and distinct cat people. Oh, okay. I think I understand what you're saying. I mean, I think that it probably comes down to what your lifestyle is, right? And what other things you're considering in terms of what your animal needs will be. Because I, I, I do think like, dogs are more needy than cats. Oh, for sure they are. <laughs> But I also feel like cats are out to, like, get you. <laughs> I think they have their own agenda. I don't trust them. I think they're sneaky. While as a dog, I feel like is like, like, you trust your dog. Like, your dog's your friend. I don't know. I'm okay. pissing off a lot of cat people, I'm sure, right now. <laughs> I mean, no. Like, cats are not typically – we'll say this. They're not typically those that will come and snuggle with you and, like, they recognize when you're really sad, at least as far as I've heard from cat owners. I also think that they're like also plotting their next murder or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it sometimes it looks like my brother has, there was an attempt on his life uh, from the cats. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so what are the, okay, pros and cons. And I, I'm going to sit here and start talking about this. And like, literally, this is the debate that's gone on in my head. And Adam said, like, we are constantly debating and being, like, each other's, like, pro versus con. And it's just, it's, I mean, it's a vicious cycle with us. Okay. So, okay, pros. Obviously, they make excellent companions, whatever animal you want to get. Unless your dog's a dick. No, I mean. It's true. (laughs) But, like, do you ever hear someone being, like, I regret getting my dog? You don't really ever hear that. Or cat, whatever. Hmm. I don't know. Oh, you think you think you think people do? I mean, <laughs> my parents had a cat, Maggie the cat. She was there before I was born. I don't know how much before my brother was born that they had gotten her. And she, everybody went back to work after my brother was born and Matt went to daycare. Maggie would sleep all day. So when everyone got home from work, she would want to play. And so she would just like scrape, scratch them all up because she just wanted their attention because she missed the human interaction. Uh-huh. Um, and so I think they ended up, um, I think they maybe ended up putting her for adoption <laughs> or they gave her to someone. I don't remember the situation. I would put my cat up for adoption. Yeah. Yeah. But, and it was like, because they were concerned, like she hadn't done it, but they were very concerned that she was going to start doing that to my brother who was a baby at the time. So and my so, parents had a cat when, um, when, when you were little, I was, it was either me or my brother was baby. Okay. I can't remember for like 
a week or two uh-huh. weeks. And then it was like the same thing. Like they thought the cat was going to like, again, plot its next murder. And it was going to be the baby. Uh, cats right always do. Like I love cat memes all of the time. It's just so, it, it's just so funny. Yeah. Um, because I do think that they, and there are books about like cat, like conniving cats. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, they're intelligent okay. for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, they're probably too intelligent. Yeah. Um, all right. So good companions. Sure. And it depends like if you are more of a homebody or whatever that will determine what type of pet might be a good companion for you. So yeah. I and I, people really feel like their pets are their companions, are their friends that when they're sad, like you said, like usually the pet can pick up on that. Yeah. Um, they can, you know, come cuddle you or whatever if you're, you know, not feeling the best. Um, and they, you know, can provide support in times of hardship, which I'm thinking we're kind of in a time of hardship right now. Yeah. So that's that. Uh, two, if you have like a dog, especially, they can help keep you physically fit because like, you might feel like, oh, I really don't have time to work out. But if you have a dog that needs to go walking, guess who's going walking? You. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. Unless you've got um, a puppy treadmill going on there. Yeah. Yeah. And so the pet can motivate you to like become active. So that's a win-win. Now in our debate, I'm always like, well, I don't want to go outside and walk the dog in the middle of winter because that's just not my thing. He says he's going to be the dog walker in the winter. And if that's the case, then I'm fine with it. But normally I feel like that's just not something I want to partake in. What? Frozen mid-morning walks? Yeah, no, not into that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you. So, so this is why this is another one of those debate things. Another pro is that they help your mental state. Apparently, simply being together can help decrease levels of cortisol, which is a stress hormone, oh. and increase levels of stress-reducing hormones like oxytocin and dopamine. By being in the presence of an, another of being? Your pet. Mm-hmm. Okay. There was even a study that looked at when a dog owner looked at his pet, the happy hormones increased um, in the owner and in the pet. Oh, isn't that sweet? Yeah. They've even shown that like recently widowed women um, who have pets have significantly fewer symptoms of psychological stress than those who don't. I think that also carries into even empty nesters. Like you Mm -hmm. still have some reason for being and some reason to go on because there is this other, I'm going to say being it's not a human, but like, regardless of what pet you have, there's still something else, someone else who needs your support and needs your attention. So it's Mm -hmm. not like you can just kind of go off the deep end and just kind of ignore you are responsible for them. And they are are literally life or death without you. Yeah. I mean, I can totally understand that. I mean, you, you have a purpose in life to help take care of that animal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So on that note, they can also teach you to be selfless because you got to, you know, put another living being ahead of your, ahead of yourself. Because like you said, the pet relies on the owner for essential survival. I mean, wouldn't it be nice if your animal could go to the store for you <laughs> and for itself? Yeah, for sure. That would be great. But yeah, no, I mean, that's, it's certainly, you know, so on the, the crappy days where maybe you're hungover or maybe you feel sick or whatever. I mean, there is still something who is relying on you and yeah, I, you got to kind of put other people's 
other beings needs first. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All of those like happy hormones, happy thoughts, that mental, it's very good for your mental state. I think if you're in the right position to have a pet. Um, uh, that's true because it could also like yeah i mean it will drastically increase your stress levels i think but hopefully for a short period of time it will yep. be like bad stress yeah they might be really good for kids depending on the pet so like everyone remembers their pet when they were a kid and you know it kind of helps with kids who have troubles as well and also helps teach kids responsibility because they have to take care of the pet or yeah. they should have a part in that and then let's not forget, you know, pets make you laugh. So they do funny things. They do funny things, you know, like they can be, you can be overwhelmed or like whatever. And then a pet will do something funny and make you laugh. So that's always a good thing. So, yeah. So those are the pluses. I think that everybody can put like a good spin on stuff. What are, what are some of the cons that you guys have been discussing? I mean, I know. Yeah. A number of them because I have made this argument for other people. I've had like talks about this, but mm-hmm. yeah. So in order to have those benefits, you really have to be in the right spot to get a pet, mm-hmm. especially if you, it's not fair to get a pet if you're not going to provide them with a good life. I hope not fair to the pet. Our debate has been, our, we wanted to get a dog. We were between the big dog and the small dog debate. Adam wanted a bigger dog. I wanted a smaller dog. We were trying to compromise. Somehow we settled on a Scotty for small dog, but for big dog, it was a Rhodesian Ridgeback. Those are big, right? They're about 80 pounds. That's big. Yeah, but they're, um, they're dense dogs. So yeah, but not, I still consider that. Like, oh, you mean like more muscle? Yeah, they're not like – like my sister has – two full-size golden doodles and they're huge yeah. like tall like Rhodesians are not small by any means but they're not like when you see them you don't think they're I don't feel like they're massive you okay. know um I've actually never seen one in person I don't think so I actually it was kind of my idea as a big dog because I saw one once and I thought uh-huh. they were beautiful and I asked the owner and she told me she it was Rhodesian I looked into them and like they're from South Africa. They were actually bred to hunt lions, which is kind of crazy. But we they don't got are... them in our parts. <laughs> nope. But they're Thankfully. short-haired. They shed very minimal because that was one of my big things is shedding. Right. They don't bark a lot they're, unless there's like something wrong. So that was the other big thing. So they're supposed to be like really good family dogs, but also good protectors. And we were looking at labs at one point and the sh- they sh- lab shed so much. I just didn't want to deal with that. Yeah. Um, there are also, I mean, I could be wrong, but I, and I don't know. I just remember like, seriously, when I was younger, I legitimately thought I was going to get a dog. I used to get dog fancy magazine. And so all I wanted to do was like research things about dogs. And I know that there are certain breeds that are more predisposed to certain uh, mm. conditions like health problems too. Yeah. And I think labs, maybe it's just a yellow lab. But hip dysplasia is a really common occurrence within the, those, that breed. So, yeah. um, you know, I don't know about if that factored in at all with your lab versus Rhodesian too, but. No, you know, it's funny because we were looking at Fox Red Labs 
And oh, Rhodesians, yeah, they're, they're not as common. They're really pretty. And Rhodesians are the same color. They're like this red color. Okay. And so, um, you know, we both kind of like that and they just, they're sweet dogs. And I think it was kind of that combination of like the minimal shedding with being like a protector dog, but not barking a lot and, and still being a good family dog that we kind of settled on that as a breed, okay. a big dog, but we've been back and forth. <laughs> we went from, you know, small dog to big dog. Like I had my, I had our name on a list for a Rhodesian a couple of years ago. We backed out. Then we had our name on a list for Scotties. We backed out. So like, I don't know what our deal is. We have a big commitment. It, it, it is for me. I think I'm more nervous about a big dog. Cause I feel like it's going to be more of a impact. And it might be yeah. just you, Sarah, I don't think you're alone in that thought. Okay. It might be just because I'm used to having a small dog because that's what I was used to. So these are the reasons, these are the cons. All right. Well, it sounds like one of them is once you have an animal, you have an animal, which means that you have to take care of said animal. Mm-hmm. And so if you're traveling somewhere, you have to figure out where that animal is going to go. You, maybe they have to be fed at certain times or what have you, like you lose a sense of freedom. Yeah. Just like with having a kid. That was one of our big things was like, okay, if we're at work all day, like, is that fair to the dog? And like, who's going to take the dog out? And what, when we go, we like to travel a lot, which then what do we do? We put it in doggy, you know, daycare, who takes care of it? So that's definitely a thing. Um, the other thing to think about is like the damage to your house. Is there going to, you know, I've been sitting here thinking, well, if we have a big dog, like where does the dog stay when we're not home? And, you know, Ooh, do we important need to, question. Yes. Do we need to fence our yard? I mean, I, I could go and the fencing the yard, even if we got a Scotty was kind of also a question. So that I Aren't think you partially it, fenced already. We are, but not fully. So we'd have to fully fence our yard. Okay, so that's an extra cost right there. Yep. And then, so yeah, and then the expenses. Dogs are not cheap. Any animal's not cheap. The average yearly cost for owning a medium dog is $545. I think that sounds a little low, personally. I agree. (laughs) I agree. A cat, $500. A rabbit, 675. How is a rabbit more than a medium dog? I have no idea. I I feel like this website is off. They're telling me that a cockatoo costs a thousand dollars a year. But isn't it just like bird seed? Okay. So I sit there and think about like cost for an animal, a dog, particularly one that has hair that like grows that needs to get groomed. Yeah. Like to get like my like the golden doodles right my sister has one my sister cuts her golden doodles hair my husband's cousin actually is a groomer out in LA and oh. she she has a business like she has like the truck and everything and it's so cool and I mean she I see everything that she does and like I would not have the patience I think it takes a special human to be able and willing to do all of the grooming services for an animal because it's just not easy and there's so many, so many sensitivities and, oh my God, I just can't even imagine. But for a medium dog at 545, that seems so low. I agree. Cause like their food, you have to pay for that. You got to pay for like their toys, their leashes, all that yeah. stuff, which a lot of that's like, you know, a one-time cost fine. But you, but then, but you like, need to repurchase every now and then, right? Yep. 
Um, the grooming, like you said, yep. the flea and tick prevention. Yep. Uh, any shots, any neutering, spaying. The vet, mm-hmm. whenever something happens, you know, if, yeah. you obedient, if you do obedience training, that's a lot of money. It adds up quickly. And I think it's deceptive sometimes with an animal because even for like the, those gerbils that I had, which I see that we don't have a, we have a guinea pig on the list, which is even more than the medium dog. I, I don't believe in this list. Yeah, you would know. How many did you have? Well, oh my God, we had so many at one. We had six at one point, but I actually had gerbils after all of those passed away in high school. But you need to replace the bedding in the, in the cages and the tanks. And then you'd have to buy like the pellet food. Other than that, like you could give them a couple of pieces of carrot, a couple of pieces of lettuce, whatever. But mm-hmm. it, it was pretty minimal, except the bedding... Y- Honestly, if you didn't want that thing to smell, like you would have to clean it once a month, if not once every two weeks or something. And that was, oh God, I just have like, have memories flashing back of having to do that. And it's like, well, who's going to hold the gerbil while we're doing this? And, you know, it's like you need a two person team in order to dump the tank and is crazy. But that's, um, that sounds crazy. I don't know if I'd be willing to do that. Wow. We had gerbils for a number of years. I'm surprised, surprised my parents left us. What, anyway. you guys? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what else? I think the expenses and maintenance for the animal, I think, is huge. Um, yeah. Potentially huge. Uh, certainly a very big factor to weigh, I think, when making the decision. You know, when you're training the dog, especially when they're puppies, it's like having a newborn. Like, you're not going to sleep. It's like yeah. every two hours, you got to take the dog out. So there's that, which then gets better. Right. Like, I mean, just like that's having not, a kid, right? It's, yeah, that's it's not a, a temporary thing. setback. Yeah. They could chew on your shit. It doesn't I, matter what kind of animal either. <laughs> so my dog that I had never chewed on anything. So I he think didn't? that ever, nothing. He never chewed on anything. He was obsessed with finding food and chocolate. Yes. Chocolate? But, oh yeah. The dog was obsessed. I, I don't, that dog consumed he was like what 12 pounds he consumed so much chocolate in his lifetime i don't know you take him to the vet every time no can't they not have chocolate yes they're not supposed to wow he would find an anomaly go toby i know he would find it in like my bag like my purse or something and he would unwrap it and he also would like unwrap gum like this dog was hilarious oh my god so i never had a dog that chewed on things so like for me to think that a dog is gonna like chew on my shit like i get i'm like i I don't know how that i'm gonna do i don't mean to scare you but my sister's like she has big stools or chairs at the island table oh my god it's crazy see i'm 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 not about that so you got a lot of wood in your house too i do i do You mentioned too, like barking, even like the squawking of like the birds I think about. Mm -hmm. We had the cockatoos. Those things used to wake me up in the morning. I hated them. They are super loud. They squawk. And it's not like, like you can train a dog. You can train a cat. Like you cannot tell a bird to stop squawking. (laughs) Can't you put a sheet over the cage or something? Isn't that the trick? It did not work for us. They oh, okay, okay. Out. They just freaked out all the time. They were always freaking out. It was like constant freaking out of yeah. the birds. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so one of the other things is something that I think I think about often and like, um, you know, not having had a dog, but certainly being very connected and very deeply in love with other like family friends' dogs and stuff. Like when they pass away, 
Oh yeah. They're not even my own dogs. Like we just had a family friend whose dog passed away about a month ago. And every time I think about it, like it just makes me like so upset. And and then I think about how old the dog Tuxie that we had gotten, how old she is. And I'm like, oh my God, like it's going to happen. I'm not going to know how to deal with this. Yeah. When Toby passed away and it was kind of sudden, even though he was 15, it was awful. It was like, you're right. It's like, it's like losing a family member. You just totally, I mean, it's awful. And I think it's hard. It's probably harder when, um, your animal has, I mean, when your animal has a more of a personality and I think dogs Mm -hmm. emote more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They are probably some of the most emotional pets that you can have. Oh, they definitely have personalities. Yeah. And I think that that's what makes it harder because it is like just another family member. Right. Not to say like your cat, your lizard, your snake or whatever isn't. You probably care about it just as much as the dog lovers. But I just think that, you know, from, because I have in fact met a lizard, snakes. Really? I just, oh yeah. My uncle, he used to breed snakes. Like it was crazy. (gasps) Are you, breed snakes? That is crazy. I know. I don't even remember how he got into it. But oh my god! Yeah, it was I pretty can't wild. Imagine when they had kids. Uh, his his wife at the time was just like, uh, "You got to get rid of these snakes. We are not having snakes in the house when we have small oh, children." Oh, that's creepy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly cons, and I think the whole point is that you have to evaluate this based upon what's best for you, and so you kind of have to do like a table or a chart, and you know, write down your what do you think that you can afford? And does this make sense in the context of what we, ex- what we anticipate? Like talk to friends, talk to family members about what it's like and what you need to consider. Because having not had one, like I personally wouldn't know all of the expenses involved with a dog or a cat or a bird, which I'm not getting, but you can read a lot. But I think knowing firsthand from somebody is much better. So if we don't get a dog, the other pet we're considering is chickens. Those things are going to roost and cock-a-doodle-doo. No, so roosters will cock-a-doodle-doo. And the city here lets us allows four chickens per household for a $25 permit a year. Oh, that's actually not bad. No. So we were thinking of having a chicken coop outside with a few chickens. Okay. Um, Fresh eggs. Fresh eggs. Yeah. Now, am I that kind of person who wants to take care of chickens? I think Jamie knows that coop. I was going to say, I think Jamie knows the answer. No, (laughs) I'm not. No, I wouldn't. I would not peg you as a chicken. As a chicken person? No. Not. No. Yeah. Adam was like, well, we could get chickens. And I'm like, I, sure. Just make sure that, that, that chicken coop is big enough for you to fit in then, Adam. I don't know how it's going to work. So. We'll see what happens. I mean, we definitely are the bipolar dog people, so <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. You'll, you'll end up flipping a coin, basically. Right? It's it literally like it's going to come down to some like craziness. Oh, man. But if I feel like if you are in the right position, and I think that if we had a little more room, I think I'd be less worried about the whole big versus small dog and all that. But if you're in a good position to have it, it can be very rewarding to have a pet. Yeah. Yeah, but I think the other thing too is that, you know, it's like not everybody's really cut out to have a pet. Not, I, I mean, just like not everyone's really cut out to have kids, right? 
you know, I sit there and think it's, it's the commitment level and it's all those other considerations. And sometimes it's just, maybe it's not the right time in your life, but it's something that you'll do in the future, you know, with a different chapter or something. And like you even just said, like you were concerned about when, you know, you guys were both going to work, working very long days. Um, that's probably not the best time to bring a small, you know, a new puppy into your lives, but being home, working from home is certainly a better opportunity. And, you know, this has afforded you sort of that, that, uh, I guess, opening, um, it kind of like checked off one thing from your list, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people need to, you consider what's good for you personally, what's good for the pet too. You know, you don't want, your pet to be living a crappy life. No. And that's the thing. you got to make sure that it's going to be fair to the pet. Cause there's so many pets that get abandoned, you know? And then, so this kind of brings us to, okay, let's say you decide to get a pet. Now where yeah. do you get the pet from? Yeah. So, so like, many different options. So many options. Um, do you go to the pet store? Do you go to the animal shelter? Do you go to a breeder? Like, what do you do? So like for us, because we were like, looking at a specific breed mm-hmm. then the breeder was kind of the only way to go really yeah because Rhodesians are not like and even Scotties they're not really common I guess yeah. you could say so that being said there's five million pets that go into over five thousand animal shelters and rescue centers around the U- United States every year and more than half of these animals never make it out which is really sad 60% of all dogs and 70% of all cats don't get adopted. It's definitely hard. There's a girl I went to college with who opened up a, a dog rescue out in Minnesota. Um, and she's been doing really well. And they, they get by not, I don't, I think they might have like an actual shelter, but they get by with fosters. Um, that's kind of how they are able to take in as many animals as they do feel as though I heard in New York right now with the COVID situation, shelters are empty with animals because there are so many who are willing to foster, which I think is kind of like the first step in figuring out, can you and should you have a pet? Yeah. Definitely. So yeah. I, I think it also can help you build a relationship with a pet, with an animal. And if you like the dog you're fostering or the animal you're fostering, then maybe you end up adopting it. So it's that whole yeah. know, rescue from a shelter and whatnot. Yeah, I agree. That's, you know, great. Cause I just, it makes me sad to think that, you know, all I those know. animals are not being able to be taken care of, but the one place you should avoid if you're looking for a dog though, are puppy mills. Mm-hmm. 2.12 million puppies are sold each year through the combined sales of licensed and unlicensed puppy mills, Ugh. which is it's like very sad, you know? Well, so- and these, these animals like from the puppy mills are, I think, I believe that they are way more prone to disease and infection. Mm-hmm. They have, you know, abnormalities because I think oftentimes the dog, like the mother dogs, like don't have a life. Like they are physically, they are just bred and bred and bred. Their bodies can't handle it. They're basically sed- uh, sedentary. It's not healthy um, environment for the mothers and the babies, uh, the puppies that are born, I think they also have like more genetic defects too. Yeah, no, I'm sure they do because breeders usually are all over that. And so like 
The other thing about a breeder is make sure that if you are looking at a breeder, that it's a, you've researched the breeder, that you know, they're practicing good practices that they're taking after the pets that, you know, they're licensed and all that stuff. I think that's a really excellent point. What are some questions that you asked the breeder initially? So they should really know about like you can, well, one, you can look them up online and kind of see, you know, if they're licensed through AKC. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. There's usually something like the certain licenses for each breed based on what the requirements are, you know? Okay. For, for example, like you said, labs have like hip dysplasia. Like you want to, like, if they don't tell you about that, like that they're not looking into those things, then like you want to question that. Like, so like for Rhodesians, I think dermoid sinus is one of the health conditions that can happen. And so like the breeder brought that up to me. So you, so, it, so it feels better when they're actually forthcoming with certain types of information that right. you probably should have known if you're looking at particular breeds, but it's something that, you know, it shows that they are conscious of it and like you yeah. said, monitoring it. Yeah. So you got to do your research, you know, also it's really good to have like, I mean, word of mouth. We fa- actually found this one through word of mouth. Okay. Um, it's hard now to like go to the place to see what's happening. But if you can visit a breeder and see if like the place is clean, mm-hmm. do they, are the dogs well fed? Like how does the dog, how do the dogs interact with the breeder? You know, like yeah. that they're not scared of them or whatever. And then looking at like the dog's parents, like you said, like making sure that they look healthy. I think that you should be able to ask for like health records of the parents. Mm-hmm. Um, especially of the, of the mom, but, um, of the parents so that you can get a sense of, are you shelling out money? Because I also know like when you go through breeders, especially if you get like purebreds and things like that, or if you had like a show dog as one of the parents, you're going to be shelling out a a very high amount of money to get Mm -hmm. that dog. Mm -hmm. And just having that validation and, and verification that they are in fact giving you the dog that you are paying for um, is really important. Yeah. And that being said, like you want to make sure you have the right papers. So Mm -hmm. it should, you know, they should have AKC documentation if especially for a full breed. Yeah. And make sure that you get appropriate documentation of the dog's pedigree. So those are all important things. If you are going through breeder to look for people have good intuition. If you see a red flag, like it's probably a red flag, you know, (laughs) don't overlook it. (laughs) Because like, yeah. And not all pet stores are good either. I mean, we got Toby from a pet store, but. So here's the other thing that I have heard about pet stores. I've seen it too. Animals who are there, like you can walk into any pet store, including the big names. And you can say, I want to see that dog. Mm -hmm. They'll bring it out and they'll give it to you or your kid. And I have seen kids drop animals. I have seen them like be extremely heavy handed with a dog, whether they mean to or not. And so I think that there is a question of, you know, how have the animals been treated? Because essentially anybody can walk in and Mm -hmm. have like 10 minutes with it, do whatever they want to it. And I could almost guarantee you that regardless of what happened on the clock while that person had it, they're still going to sell that dog to somebody, even if they might have been potentially harmed. Sad. Um, Yeah. You know, when it comes to like smaller pet stores, like local pet stores, I would probably feel better about that. But like the big name ones, I just, I I do get a little concerned about it. 
And it's just a couple things that I've read again when I. So what about names? Should we get into pet names? Oh my gosh. Yes. So it's funny. It's funny. Like, have you given thought to names? Yes. Oh, we okay. already know what we would name our dog. Oh. If it was a Scotty or if it was a Rhodesian. Will you yeah. share? Sure. So if we got a Scotty, uh-huh. we would name him Winston. Oh my God. I love it. <laughs> Cause I mean like. Because why not? Winston. That's good. It, just, That's it good. fits, right? The Rhodesian. So we would name him <laughs> Olaf. <laughs> because we feel like the dog like would like warm hugs. Aww. And it would it snuggle with your big Olaf? Yes, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And then we would call it Oz for short. Yeah. I like it. And I will tell you that neither of those names or all three of those names are not on the most popular list of dog names. For oh yeah. I'm sure they're not. I will say this, like I was looking at, uh, it's from rover.com, which is like a pet sitting service. And they, they posted like this list or whatever for 2019 for the guys, for dogs, it was like Max, Charlie, Cooper, Buddy, Rocky, Milo, Jack, Bear, Duke, and Teddy. So it's funny because on this article that was on rover.com, they were talking about, oh, not rover.com. This one was from bowwow.com.au. That's awesome. Which mm-hmm. is an Australian one. Okay. And uh, they're talking about, well, you have to choose what category you want. If you want like people names or if you want non-people names. And I was like, Okay. So you could go, I mean, from that list, it seems like a lot of them are people mm-hmm. names, to be honest. Yeah. Bear is probably the only one that I would argue is not a real person name. Um, although I'm sure there's somebody whose name is Bear. Like Buddy. I would hope that's not a person's name. Buddy Guy. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I don't know if that was his real name or if that was a nickname, but Buddy Holly, another one. True, true, true. Um, you're right. Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah, and f- top female names for a dog were Bella, Luna, which I'm like, are we still living in Twilight? I don't understand. Um, Lucy, Daisy, Lily, Zoe, Lola, Molly, Sadie, and Bailey. So those are all human names. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's the funny part. When it got to cat, this is so weird. And now I'm just like curious like how people go about naming their animals. So for the top, I'm going to read the top. Male cats first. Okay. Oliver, Leo, Milo, Charlie, and Max. Okay. Some crossover from the, the top male dogs. Yeah. Here's the funny part. For the top female cat names, it's Luna, Bella, Oliver, Kitty. Oh, okay. And Charlie. I mean, again, this could be your pet name for your significant other, Kitty. I could see that. Kitty. Cat. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I have oh a friend God. who named her cat that she found on the street, weirdly enough. Uh, she named her kitty. It, that's just not a name. That's just like the, that's it's just the animal. What it, it's what it is. So that's what's so funny is like, I mean, some people name their animals off of like, you know, a striped cat is named Stripes or I named Tuxie. Um, her name's Tux. It's a girl, not a guy, even though it sounds like a guy's name. But I named her Tux because in the picture that we got that we saw of her when we picked her out she's all black and she just had this little like triangle of white on her chest oh, which was almost yeah. like she's wearing a tux so it's like 
I mean, Oreo would have also been a good one, but I thought Tux was like more yeah. unique. So she's still Tux, Tuxy, Tuxy Poo. No one calls their dog Puppy. <laughs> I'm sure some do. I bet you Kitty was named, those were named by like children of families. Like the parents were like, oh, what do you want to name your animal? And like Kitty. And you're just like, like, oh, okay. That's but this not- is when the parents have to be like, that's not acceptable. Like <laughs> something else. Uh, no, we're going to go with a real animal's name. Thank <laughs> you. You can certainly get inventive. It's so to each his own. Like there were a bunch of Game of Thrones. We have a friend whose, whose dog's name is Khaleesi, uh, you know, after Game of Thrones. And it's just funny, like how people choose and it might be very... Um, it, it's to a specific period of time and like mm-hmm. what was like cool, like pop culture wise. Yeah. So or, or two, like if you're going to name, well, I think there are two camps. One is like, I want to name it after something really popular mm-hmm. at that time. And others who are like, let's scrap it. And then from yeah. that, let's scrap it. It kind of branches off into the human name, non-human name. Are there any pets in your future, Jamie? I don't think so. If you, no. if you were going to get a pet, what would you get? Another guinea pig? God, no. I, it's funny. I would still only want a dog. This is, it's hard for me because I am allergic. And I didn't used to be. Uh, it was something that was developed probably like in college or whatever. So you would need a hypoallergenic dog. Yes, but the problem is I want a dog that's soft. Like I love like golden retrievers. They are my favorite. I just love but them so shed. much. But they shed. So you they would shed be. a lot. Yeah. That, and that, that is a problem. Also because Sean doesn't really like golden retrievers. But You could um, get a little Bichon. They're very soft and hypoallergenic. I just – the other thing that I always wanted with a dog is that I wanted one that could go on, like, potentially longer runs or walks with me. Yeah. So the smaller dogs, I feel like, are not going to fall into that category. Nope. And so, I, you know, I'm just – I'm not sure. I will admit this. I always wanted a dog. Now that I'm older, there are parts of me that I'm like, maybe I just won't ever have a dog and I'll just like watch other people's dogs. Cause I used to pet sit all of the time when I was younger. That was my thing. I was like, I, I'm not allowed to have a dog at home. I want to have one though. So I just cannot fathom anything but a dog. Yeah. This is, I mean, that's how we are. I used to get drunk in college and buy fish. Yeah. We used to go to uh, Meyer, which if they anyone knows what Meyer. Yeah, they sell everything at Meyer. Oh my god! And we used to go like after the bar, we'd go to Meyer, and I would we'd buy like. Is Meyer open like twenty four seven? What? Yeah, Meyer's twenty four hours. I did not know this. Yeah, so we'd go to Meyer, and you know we'd buy a bunch of stuff, and then I'd be like, oh, I think I need a fish to take home with me, and then I would put it in the tank, and it would die. This was like the vicious cycle. I just wanted to have a fish. That is really funny. Yeah. So wow. we actually then once had a fish that we put in a parrot bay bottle. <laughs> yeah, and it ended up growing some sort of tumor. Like it was the weirdest thing. It this was fish, poisoned. This poisoned fish, by the rum. Uh, probably. This fish somehow lived for like a really long time. It was like one of those beta fish. I love like, Oh yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're pretty. Wait, so what did you do? It lived for a long time. Beta fish. With the growth. With the growth, with the tumor. I love I that you used what to drink we... Parrot's Bay rum, because I used to, too. God, I don't know what we fed it. I mean, college is just like, 
the thing. So like, yeah, that was the thing in college was the fish. Oh my God. I love it. So anyway. Oh, and we had a fish tank when we were younger, like a big fish tank, like a legit uh-huh. one at my uh, parents' house. And we had a little frog in there that was translucent. He was like a, a white clear frog. It was like the weirdest thing. And he had to be in water to survive. And one time my mom found him. He, had ju- he tried to commit suicide. He jumped out of the tank. He was like on the ground. And she was like, oh my God. He was like hopping away. So she had to get him back into the tank. Oh shit. So that's, that's my, crazy. That's my other pet story. <laughs> A frog. Okay. I didn't yeah. think about frogs, but yeah, he was, but he was like part of the aquarium. He wasn't like yeah. a f- regular green frog. He was okay. like, yeah, this is kind of a creepy looking frog. Oh my God. So I will have to report back to you all if we get said dog and if we do how it's going and I will definitely let everybody know. And if somehow the dogs are replaced by chickens. So we'll see. If they're replaced by chickens. It's a, it. con- it's a constant question in this household. So I love it. Every day is a, is a new adventure. Yes. All right. So to close this out, I don't really have much else to report on the wine. I mean, the only other thing is that on the nose, it was, it's more black cherry. Yeah, but that blackberry is like so there. I still think it's like kind of leathery, although that's dissipated a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it's like a little bit of like a dusting of like a dusting of like cocoa powder even. Because yeah. um, I think that's where like I'm getting like a little hint of dryness, but there's – I really don't want to use the term bitter, but uh-huh. it's like you know how like you have like a bittersweet chocolate? Yeah. It's something that's like sort of – you get that sense, I think, um, uh, on the taste. So, yeah. I mean, it's good. Yeah. Go Petite Syrah. Go Pet Name. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, DB peeps. DB peeps. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform to help spread the DBP word. Check out our website and blog at dbpcheers.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at DBP Cheers or on the Drunk Bitches Podcast Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. So send your questions, comments, and fun wine or topic ideas to dbpcheers at gmail.com. Until next time. Cheers Cheers from from the the girls of DBP. DBP.